Super Talk Mississippi media production. Three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, we're glad you are. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Big week. Baseball, of course, here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Good afternoon to you, Bob Getty. I'm with you this afternoon from the Southern Bank Course Studios here in Hattiesburg, and I'm glad you're along with us for the Eagle Hour ride. Going to be talking to assistant baseball coach Travis Creel here in just a moment. Before we do, let's set the stage. Regular season is over. The polls are out. Southern Miss ranked number 12 in the final regular season coaches poll, number 14 in the D1 poll, number 16 in Baseball America, and they go into the postseason with the number 13 RPI in the country. Big weekend for Golden Eagle Baseball as uh, they pretty much uh, dominate and trounce, uh, with all due respect, Middle Tennessee. Assistant Baseball Coach Travis Creel joins us today, sitting in for Coach Barry, who's on his way to the Boo Ferris Awards. Is that not right, Travis? Yeah, he's there now. I think it's going on. To be honest with you, I don't, I'm not sure what phase they're at, uh, if they've announced the winner or not. But uh, looking forward to hear if, if Tanner Hall uh, came out with it. Well, if you get that text, be sure to, to pass it on while you're here on the air. All right, let's I'll talk about it. baseball this weekend. Uh, so I'm watching Thursday night, and you're playing um, – you know, you're playing up at Middle Tennessee, and, and they go ahead 4-3 to three in the sixth inning, and I'm thinking, well, we're going to be in for a battle this weekend. And then you speak some sort of magic words to your hitters, and uh, they outscore Middle Tennessee 33 to nothing over the next 21 innings. Can you share that advice with us, Travis? Well, I don't know if I can share it with you. Uh, <laughs> I called him up, and I said, hey, let's score a bunch of runs, and I just did it. And it was uh, – they finally listened. Uh, no, it was awesome. They brought in their lefty. Middle Tennessee brought in their left-handed pitcher. He's uh, he's probably their best guy. He brought in their uh, – I can't remember his name, Siebert. And, uh, you know, as, as y'all know, we're pretty left-handed dominant, and uh, they really like that matchup. They brought that lefty in with intent to, to finish the game. And, uh, well, you know, I think the second pitch he threw, Slade Wilkes hit over the fence, and then we just kind of kind of jumped on him from there. It was awesome to see. Yeah, that set the tempo, I thought, for the rest of the night when Wilkes hit that. He was hot. Three hits, uh, drove in three runs. Montenegro added two singles, including a big two-RBI single, I thought, was another turning point in the game. And that sort of set the stage for the rest of the weekend, did it not? Yeah, you know, they, they, they have really good pitching numbers. Uh, Middle Tennessee does. And, um, but they're also, they only use about six or seven guys. So we knew if we kind of locked in and keyed in on about two or three of those bullpen arms, and if we got to them, we thought we'd have some success with the whole weekend. And, and that's kind of what happened. We got to their guy on Friday. And then Saturday we jumped on the starter, um, which made them not use any of their other guys the rest of the game. So we kind of knew, uh, you know, if we, if we got a lead early, they were going to kind of, I hate to say give up on Saturday, but they're not going to use, you know, their good bullets uh, in a game that they don't think they can win. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great to see. So we, 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 went, th- or we went Thursday, uh, you know, knocking Siebert around, and then, and then Friday just jumping on them and, and kind of making them quit early. You know, and, and we talk about 33 runs. Obviously, uh, that's uh, very impressive. But my heavens, uh, from that point forward, the pitching staff throws 21 scoreless innings. That's pretty much unheard of. 
Yeah, and you know what? That's a great park to hit at. I don't know if you know our fans have been there, but you know it's, it's a short porch. It's really hard infield. So any ground ball you feel like it's going to get through, uh, any fly ball you feel like can get out. It's a really, really great place to hit. So for our guys to create such weak contact and, and strike so many guys out over the next 21 innings is, is probably even more impressive than it sounds. You know, that's a I almost state the obvious, but when you can score 33 runs in 21 innings and give up no runs, that's a pretty good winning formula there, Coach. All right, no doubt. Me and Oz were talking about, I think it was Wednesday night, how, uh, you know, even what a great season we've had. We, we won, I think going into the weekend, we'd won 38 games. And we're like, man, I feel like there's been 38 stressful wins. I mean, we hadn't had any non-stressful wins. And we finally had a couple this weekend that were a little, little non-stressful. I mean, they're all a little bit stressful. But, but Friday, 17 nothing. That's, that's rare. So uh, it was comforting to get one or two of those. I was going to say Friday was a pretty low stress game, seventeen to nothing. Just a, just an absolute shellacking. Uh, multiple hits from uh, Christopher Sargent, Blake Johnson. Two hits from Gabe Montenegro, Dickerson, Reese Ewing, uh, Carson Pato. Uh, Montenegro, by the way, uh, two hits gave him three hundred and eight, and he he surpassed a pretty good player in Brian Dozier. That's a, that's yeah. pretty lofty territory there, isn't it? Dozier was okay. Yeah, no, uh, I think it just uh, I think it just shows Gage consistency. If anything, you know, uh, obviously he's a great player and, and done a long time, but it's tough to do it. Uh, you know, as consistent as he has, I think he's a career like three twenty hitter, and uh, he just he loves to hit. Man, the guy just shows up to hit every day. And then you got Hunter Riggins, Tyler Stewart, Ben Etheridge. Yeah, they throw the shutout. We don't want to forget those guys. I want to talk to you for just a minute about Reese Ewing. I know one player doesn't make a team, and, and I'm sure you'd be the first to say that. But I got to say, man, it's a, it was like when Reese Ewing came back into the lineup, uh, just the whole momentum changed. How how important has that kid been to you this year, Coach? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's a reason he's in the three-hole. Um, you know, he, he gets on base so much. Um, he has such great at-bats all the time. Let's not forget either, he's a great defender out in left field. He really is. So, yeah, you know, Reese, you know, you've seen the numbers where when he comes he comes back, we're averaging, you know, 10 a game or whatever. And, and do I think it's in a huge part of him? Absolutely, I do. But I also think, you know, while he was out, uh, you know, Slade was really banged up. Slade was playing through some Correct, pain. Correct, right. Um, and we had Sargent and Peto and, and Lynch were all kind of – they all kind of three hit a slump at the same time. So, really, we really just had – two or three guys go and I think you know Will and Dickerson and, and Gabo were pretty much three guys going at that time so yes Reese is Reese is obviously a, a huge key to our offense but I do think uh you know we kind of a, a mixture of things led to that little scuffle for that what was that eight game scuffle that we had but uh I tell you what I'm glad we're out of it yeah so well we all are for sure then uh you you wrap it up uh, with a 10 to nothing win Seventeen to nothing, ten to nothing. Uh, when you win twenty-seven to nothing in your last two games, coach, things are going pretty well. Yeah, and the other Saturday guy, uh, the sales kid, I thought he was a really good arm and a uh, really good sinker and change up. That kind of neutralized our lefties for the first first time through the lineup. I think we're at one to nothing, and in the fourth inning, we had a really good inning and put some stuff together and, and finally kind of jumped on them. Where again, you know, we got such a, such a lead where they weren't going to use their best arms and. And we kind of extend that lead a little easier than we than we thought we would. And I think we have to point out that Middle Tennessee coming into the series, pretty good RPI team as of this morning, third best pitching staff uh, still in the league, and leads lead. This is hard to believe they lead the league according to CUSA stats this morning in team batting, and our pitching staff shut them out for twenty two straight innings. 
<clears throat> I didn't know about the about, about the batting, but yeah, uh, they're definitely you know the pitching staff's good. Like I said, it's a little thin. They use about six or seven guys, but they got six or seven real guys. Uh, they can really pitch. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think Kim Rogers came out and said you know before the weekend if they win two out of three, he would have had them in the NCAA tournament. So uh, really, really big weekend for us. Obviously, to, to capture the, the conference championship and, and all that, but also from an RPI standpoint as well. 35 home runs between Christopher Sargent and Will McGillis. Uh, McGillis obviously has been a long-time player here, and, and I've always thought one of the very best solid players on the team. Some year by Sargent. Put in perspective, Coach, how hard it is to hit 20 home runs in a season. Yeah, I mean, we had a first-rounder a couple of years ago, Matt Walner. I mean, uh, career home run leader, and I think most of the ever hit was 23. I think the record's 23 between him and, and – uh, Jeff Cook and I think Bill Selby and maybe one other have 23. So, yeah, you know, Sargent's, Sargent's a, a guy who, when he shows plate discipline, when he um, takes pitches he's supposed to take and swings the pitches he's supposed to swing at, um, he can hit a long way, man. And he can do it to all fields, too. I think this weekend uh, and last weekend he had backside homers, and then um, he had another pull side one this weekend at, at Middle Tennessee. So when he's going good and when he's confident when he's uh, taking, you know, Breaking balls in the dirt like he can, um, he's tough, man, and he's just so strong. He's such a presence in the box. Uh, that twenty's loud. That twenty is loud, loud. So I think uh, I think he's one of two guys in our league with twenty. Um, and yeah, you know, it, who knows if he gets hot, he may he may could break some records here. I don't know if they meant it literally, but uh, at one point during the weekend, the uh, Middle Tennessee announcer said that he had actually hit a home run into the football stadium. Into the side of the football stadium. Yeah, it went to the side of it, but yes, yeah. it was. It, it went in there, it rattled up on the staircase a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it sure did. Uh, no, it was good to see, though, because, you know, Sergeant's a streaky guy, man. He's a streaky hitter. He's, he's um, you know, the main thing we work on on him and uh, a couple others with is, is just keeping that confidence. And uh, when he's confident and when he knows he's, he's going good, he is, he is dangerous. And uh, right now he's really feeling it, and, and it's a good time to start feeling it. Um, so we're excited about that. All right, we've got assistant coach Travis Creel with us uh, today on the Eagle Hour. Travis, if you'll hang around, we're going to hold you through the break. We'll talk about uh, the upcoming tournament, the lineup uh, for things Wednesday, the weather. Maybe a little bit of a factor right now, but lots more to talk about with assistant baseball coach Travis Creel. As the Eagle Hour continues on Super Talk Mississippi, stay with us. To the Eagle Hour. Hey, we want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring that first segment with assistant baseball coach Travis Creel. Great place to take your family for delicious food. Justin Harris and those guys, huge supporters of Southern Miss baseball. And Dickie's, of course, a great place to cater your next event. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. They're located right across the street from the USM campus, and that's the place to go and to get some 
really cool new baseball t-shirts. You'll want to check those out with the Pete on the back of the shirt. Really very sharp. Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net. Reminder, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast 24-7, 365 on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. You can tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour. And coming soon, some big news about more expansion of the Eagle Hour coverage on live Super Talk Radio. We'll be sharing uh, that exciting news. We're very happy to, uh, well, we want to tell you now, but we're going to have to hold off a few days. But we're very excited about some expansion in our radio coverage as well. We're talking to assistant baseball coach Travis Creel. All right, Coach, uh, the season is over. I want to talk just individually for for a couple of minutes here about some different guys, and then we'll get into the tournament. So this, the regular season ends. I want, to, I want you to just comment briefly on your top three average batters. Dustin Dickerson hits 350 for the regular season. Pretty remarkable. Reese Ewing at 305. Slade Wilkes at 295. Three really valuable pieces for the offense. Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, those three have been huge for us, along with you know, along with about four or five more. But yeah, Dustin, I mean, what he said, I think uh, I think he's lined out about twenty times. It's been unbelievable for him to uh, to don't do what he's done. I think he's kind of had some bad luck too. So you know, he's mad. He don't have any homers yet, and but it's, I think he's like a uh, top fifteen in the country in doubles. So what a value he brings. It's good at bats every game. Um, when it comes to Reese, obviously the I think everybody knows how valuable he is to us after, you know, what's happened. But um, same thing, just great at bats. And we kind of we try to tell the guys here, you know, batting average is the enemy. I don't really care about the batting average, but, but something those three do is they get on base. Their on base percentage is high. Um, Slade, Slade has 30-plus walks, plus the, all the extra base hits. So, you know, OPS, on base plus slugging percentage, it's a really important stat in our mind, and, and all three of those guys are through the roof. No question about that. And Slade Wilkes, what an improvement from one year to another. He's uh, he's become really key after I don't say struggle, but he certainly has certainly has become a different player in his second year with the club. No doubt. And Slade, you know, he works so hard and he wants it so bad. I think the key with Slade, and I think he'll tell you um, just from it's not it wasn't anything physical. Sure, his swing has, has gotten a little bit better, but it's just the mental side. I mean, it's such a huge mental jump from high school to, to this level. Um, you know, trying to handle failure for the first time, uh, handle not playing every day for the first time, handle competing for a job and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's done a great job, and, and I think what he's done so well is, is starting to use the whole field, um, using the backside gap a ton this year, and that's why the doubles are high. The homers probably in his mind are a little low. I think he's got, what he got, like nine? Correct. Um, I think that's right, yeah. Nine-ish. But I do think he made such a giant step this year um, from the hit tool, from, from just becoming a better hitter. And I really think, uh, you know, down the stretch and, and next year, you could really see that evolve to uh, to the power tool as well. And uh, super excited about his future. Your three big home run hitters uh, regular season, as we mentioned, Christopher Sargent with twenty, Will McGillis with fifteen, Carson Pato with thirteen. I, I got to tell you, in, in a team full of classy kids, and I, I say that with complete honesty, none more so than Will McGillis. What a great player and a great ambassador coach for, for Southern Miss baseball. I was about to say the same thing. What a great ambassador for, for our school, for our baseball program. What a great leader. Uh, I mean, he's a genius in the classroom. He's a super, super high IQ baseball player. He's a great leader out here. He brings it every day. He uh, He's basically, you know, another assistant coach out here. So he's been great and turned himself into a really, really good player too. Man. I mean, he is a, uh, he is such a threat every time he gets in that box. Um, he knows who he is. He has a plan. I mean, it's pretty simple. 
y'all know it. He's trying to hit a homer to left field. He's trying mm-hmm. to get them on the air to left field, and um, that's kind of he's molded his swing and he's molded his plan into doing so. Um, and man, he has turned himself into a threat. And and every team, every team we play or after the game, if I know a coach, I like, man, that McGillis kid sure is a uh, sure is a lot scarier than he was, you know, a year before or the year before that. Um, and he just that's just straight hard work. He's I'm actually I'm up in the suites right now. Uh, talking to you guys, he's down there. I see him down there in the cages getting getting some swings in. Is so, that right? Um, he's a hard worker, man. Fifteen home runs by McGillis, and then there's Carson Pato, kind of a new face on the team, but more another power hitter. Thirteen home runs on the year. Very athletic looking when he's on the field, and a big bright future in front of him. Yeah, no doubt. So Carson uh, Carson has all the physical talent in the world. I think. I actually think as soon as I got this job, I saw I was at the state games in Mississippi, and um, I think he was my first call as a Southern Miss coach. So, um, love Carson. I think we were, to be honest with you, I think we all thought he was probably a year away from doing what he was doing. Um, physically, he's there from the from the mental standpoint. He just needed to get that confidence. You know, hadn't had a ton of reps. Didn't play varsity baseball until his junior year. Um, didn't really play in the summer circuit for for any of these travel teams or anything like that. And and man, he got his opportunity this year and, and did not disappoint. And how long he's come out since coach put him in there? So uh, he's probably the biggest surprise. I hate to use that word, but um, man, what a pleasant surprise he's been because because he has been a presence. And like you said, thirteen homers, but all the walks. He's a great defender. Um, what a great player! A great season he's had for us. Okay, we're just a couple of days away from the uh, CUSA tournament. Obviously, here at the Pete, the four of the eight teams are top fifty RPI teams. So this is a talented field and going to be a tough tournament. Uh, again, obviously, uh, Southern Miss opens up against UAB. You don't need to tell any Southern Miss fan about the history between UAB and Southern Miss. And, and they got look, they got the best of us when we uh, when we played them over at UAB. So is there going to be any kind of a different approach, or do you think that perhaps that just happened to be a weekend where they caught the Golden Eagles at the right time from their perspective? Yeah, I mean, from an approach standpoint, no. And we're going to do what we do and be who we are. I think, um, you know, we always say it's not who you play, it's when you play them. Um, and we were we were scuffling. We did actually, we were playing great, 15 wins in a row going into it. And, and then Reese got hurt and Slave was banged up and, and we lose on Friday. And then, our, you know, it was kind of like, uh, kinda like our, our, our bubble burst for, for about 24 hours. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully they call us at the right time. Uh, I know our guys will, will be ready to play, but no, from an approach standpoint, I think we just kind of go out there and do do what we do and let the chips fall where they may. All right, the stats I saw this morning: team uh, batting average two eighty seven, seventy five home runs, three hundred sixty four runs, hundred and nine doubles, nine triples. Uh, the the pitching staff has gotten so much press all year, and understandably, the pitching staff has been outstanding, but. You know, Coach, you look at these stats, uh, we're a pretty good offensive team as well. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, and last year we kind of we got on a heater at the end, and we finished top 25 in the country in doubles and homers. And I thought coming into this year, if we could carry that momentum, it could be a really good offense. And, you know, when we've been healthy and we've been all together, I think we have been. We've been a really good offense. So, no doubt, I think uh, as a team and as a coaching staff, you know, we're very confident to go up against anybody with – with our offense, and then you throw our, our you know elite pitching staff, and, and we play really good defense as well most of the time. Uh, you know, we're excited about the postseason. Having said that, and I completely agree with everything you said, but uh, you know college baseball far better than me. 
and you look at some of the records of these teams in the tournament, uh, Louisiana Tech 38-18, Old Dominion 38-15, FAU 34-21, Texas San Antonio 35-19, Charlotte 35-20. This is a tough tournament, and uh, it's just hard to predict uh, what we'll see in the next four or five days, is it not? Yeah, no doubt. I think, uh, you know, we're the fifth-ranked league in the country, according to, you know, the RPI, I think – I can't remember who's behind us, but fifth ring league in the country and, and, you know, super deep. I mean, we're uh, talked about, I'm thinking our Rodgers had us as a, as a four bid league this morning from what I understood with, with wow. another uh, team right on the, right on the bubble. Um, so in order for, for the conference USA to do that, I mean, you gotta have some special seasons and uh, yeah, from the top to the bottom, I think one through eight, this has gotta be the first time everybody's RPI is in the top hundred. I mean, I would think this is the first time. Right. All right, minute left. I, I want to get a personal thought from you. You were a great player at Southern Miss, and now you're uh, uh, you know, your third year of the coaching staff, and you're part of this great program that has really become a nationally elite baseball program. Uh, your thoughts about the, about this journey you're on? I'm so I well, I just got a text from Coach Barry that Tanner Hall just won the Ferris Award. So well, there we I go. Gotta, there we go, it, man. That's, I'm so fired up for him. What a great year he's had. I, I, to be honest with you. I thought he'd come in second place from the from the media standpoint, but man, that's awesome. He's our fourth winner. Uh, there we go. Tanner the Hall Ferris wins Award. the Connerly Trophy, the Ferris that's Award by the Ferris. That's Award. right. So I think James McMahon, Tyler Kaling, and and Nick Stanley were the other three. There we go. Great news. Um, Great man, news. Man, I got chills talking to you. So I missed your question. I'm sorry. If you want to say it again. Yeah, about 15 seconds left. Now, you were a great player here, and now you're part of a coaching staff that has one of the elite programs in the country. Your thoughts about this journey you're on? Yeah, man. Well, it's all about the people you're around. You know, I've worked in jobs where you're not uh, not super thrilled to go in every day, and this is this staff we have working for Coach Barry, working with Coach Oz and, and Ben Brewer and our players. Uh, man, we just enjoy it. We have a great group, bunch of dudes, and a great fan base, and man, I love going to work every day. Make the announcement again. Tanner Hall? Tanner Hall, Boo Ferris Award winner, man. I, he is, uh, he's earned it. 12, 12 over one, strike out the walk ratio. What a, what a great Friday night guy he's been for us. Thanks, Coach Creel. I look forward to seeing you this week. I appreciate it. Travis Creel, everybody. Batting coach, assistant coach, Golden Eagles. Tanner Hall. Tanner Hall wins the Boo Ferris Award for 2022. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Third segment of the show sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Love those guys down there. They'll have all the conference baseball games on the TV. If you can't make it over to the Pete, make sure you make it to 4th Street Bar and Grill. Get yourself something good to eat and drink and enjoy Southern Miss baseball. Uh, we think that you will uh, enjoy the atmosphere. Our Kelly Sanders enjoying the atmosphere. He's at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway up in uh, Indiana getting ready for the Indy 500. And, Kelly, I uh, got you on the phone because you and I the other day had a long conversation uh, about the uh, Boo Ferris Award, how it was voted. News breaks while we're on the phone with Travis Creel that uh, our very own Tanner Hall wins the Boo Ferris Award, becoming the fourth Golden Eagle to win that. Uh, Your thoughts about Tanner Hall getting the award? 
three words, Bob. He deserves it. When when you take a look at and, and no disrespect to any of the other any other candidates, they've they've had fine seasons in their own right. But when you talk about a guy and what he's meant to the turnaround of the culture of this team, you remember early in the year there was a little bit of uncertainty as to how the rotation was going to work. You know, a couple of stubs of the toe early in some conference series. Tanner Hall came into those first two or three Friday nights and was nearly machine-like in shutting opponents down. And even when the Eagles didn't hit very well, you know, he pitched well enough for them to win. He completely, his performances helped turn around the complete season that the Eagles have now had, and it could be a historic run. You know, usually, let's, let's just be honest, guys that win these awards, whether it's MVPs of any kind, it usually goes to the best team in their particular league or whatever. In this case, the best in the state, the best baseball team in the state this year, record-wise, has been Southern Miss. And then, then, then you narrow it down to, okay, who has meant the most for that team? And in the complete turnaround, even though he's only a one-day-a-week guy, Tanner Hall has meant so much to this Southern Miss team, and I congratulate the committee, everyone that voted, um, because I, I think clearly he deserves it. And, and it's just, this is just going to be another award, another, another part of the trophy case for 2022 that I still think is going to be a memorable, memorable baseball season for many years to come. Yeah, and I think early in the year, Hall really set the tempo for the whole season, Kelly, when uh, up in Pearl, he so dominated Mississippi State early in the year, really absolutely dominated them. <laughs> And and just took off from there, and and from from there forward, you're right. He is uh, he has been the dog of the uh, pitching staff. Well, the start the starter. You know, you you mentioned that uh, uh, Landon Harper's kind of been the dog on, on the back end Correct, of the pitching right, staff. Correct, right. But but all together, Bob, that that that's why pitchers make you know forty million dollars a year, and they work once every four or five days. It's that important. And he set the tone for the whole weekend. You know, the team responded. And again, Southern Miss is good enough where they don't have to be clicking on all cylinders hitting. But right now, heading into postseason play, it appears that they are back in form. With Reese Ewing back into the lineup, that little piece of the chemistry that, that Scott uh, Barry was looking for, everything looks, looks just right for Southern Miss, except for that auspicious UAB yeah. <laughs> in the first round of the Conference USA tournament. Right. How about this this weekend, Kelly? They they fall behind uh, a run in the sixth inning of the first game and then proceed to shut out a really good Middle Tennessee team for 21 consecutive innings. They do not score a single run. And I'll tell you what's most notable about that to me, Bob, is I thought that Southern Miss would win two out of three. Luke Johnson called for the sweep. I was calling for two out of three, and I thought what would happen was that the Eagles would win the first two and then kind of kick back, as would be human nature, and just say, look, we already got this in the bag. you know." Let's, but that, that was not the case, man. They came out and played a tenacious game on Sunday and, and really made a statement. And, and that's what I'm saying. I think, I think all the dominoes are set up for a great run uh, for Southern Miss in the conference tournament and beyond, regardless of who comes to Hattiesburg in that Super Regional. And, and you're still, and you know, I think your pronostications are beginning to hold true. You, you've never wavered from the fact that uh, you think the Golden Eagles will host, and barring something totally unforeseen now this week, uh, it looks like that's going to be the case. I do. I've said that from the middle part of the season. Based on paper, based on the talent that's there, the injury situation, you know, caused a little bit of a snag. You know, with, with Ewing and, and Wilkes going down, but that now appears to have taken 
care of itself. The pitching staff has remained intact. Now, you got to play the games, obviously, but so do the other teams. And this Southern Miss team, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again, they, they were really good. They are really good. And based on the talent in the cupboards, they should be well-stocked for the next two or three years. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, no question. Tournament schedule to start with you right now. The only threat seems to be weather, but uh, not a lot you could. Well, there's nothing you can do about that. So uh, we'll ride that out. All right, Kelly, you've made your annual trek up to Indianapolis, Indiana. You're actually at the Indy Speedway. You sent me some video of, of what appeared to be cars whizzing by you. They were moving so fast. They were sort of like blurs. Uh, set, yeah. the, set the stage for the atmosphere there at the big Indy 500 racetrack. Well, first of all, to all Mississippians who will appreciate this the most of everybody listening, it's sunny and 68 degrees <laughs> in yeah. Indianapolis. So what else do I need to say uh, for the makings of a great day? Dalton Kellett for uh, A.J. Foyt Racing just ran into the wall in the first turn. This is the final day of practice before Friday's carburation day when they will have two final hours on Friday to put all the finishing touches on their cars ready for the run on Sunday. Um, one-time winner, but 21-year veteran uh, from, from Chip Ganassi uh, Racing, won the pole yesterday and ready to go. I'm talking about Scott Dixon, of course. And uh, the fastest field in the history, Bob, of this race, over 20 cars averaging, averaging 233 miles an hour around this, around this <laughs> circuit. Now, this track is two and a half miles around, okay? Right. You can't see, if you're in one corner of the track, you can't see the other corners. That's how big it is. And to put it into perspective, these cars will do one lap in 38 seconds. That's really hard. To, that's really hard to imagine. And, and then there are twenty of them running side by side doing that. Right. Thirty-three will be in the field when Dixon leads them to the to the green flag on Sunday. And the video that I sent you and Luke, you know, it's kind of unfair because it's radio, and I only send it to you too. But it kind of gives you a perspective. You know, when you watch anything on TV, it's just not the same as being there. So I sent you that video so you guys can kind of see a little bit what it's like as they're practicing here today in the last fifteen minutes before they'll shut the engines off for the day now people may not know this but the truth is you actually own a mobile home within rock throwing distance of the racetrack that's true right across from the first turn some guys have deer camps some guys have fishing camps i have a race camp and have been covering you know back to the days when i succeeded you as sports director at wdam tv i've been covering this the greatest event in all of sports i've covered super bowls World Series, there's nothing like this spectacle. It is the largest single-day sporting event in the world. 650,000 people will converge upon this place on Sunday. And a lot of the security detail developed for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is done at the University of Southern Mississippi. We've had them on the show before talking about how they develop, you know, with cybersecurity. And it's unbelievable how many eyes are in the skies that you don't even realize. You know, it's got to give any government reason for pause when they think that they're responsible for the safety of 650,000 people all in one place at one time. So you know, right there at Southern Miss, plans are being made right now to make sure that everybody that comes here on Sunday will be as safe as humanly possible. I know you've experienced this. My recent trip, my wife and I just took out west. We were, we were laughing about the tentacles of USM. We ran into three or four people while we were in Wyoming and Montana uh, that were Southern Miss people. You've seen the same thing there at the Indy 500, hadn't you? Actually, last year, Bob, when I was when I was filing a report on Carb Day, which will be this coming Friday, 
I ran into uh, now the head coach at South Alabama, Kane Womack, was, was walking Gasoline Alley. And he, at that time, of course, he was the defensive coordinator at the University of Indiana. So he and a lot of the football coaches from Indiana were here walking around and had a good discussion. And who would have known that some two months later he would have been named you know, the head coach at the, the University of South Alabama, who not only played Southern Miss this past season, but will go on to be a Southern Miss foe in the upcoming Sunbelt campaign. So, man, you know as well as I do, the older you get, the smaller that world becomes. Well, you're right. I hope you have a good week up there. I think you and I both, uh, after the long discussion we had with Nick Crutcher just last week about uh, the Boo Ferris Award and the voting, uh, really good feeling to see this kid win when – when you know he, when you knew going into the competition, with all due respect to the other young right. men that were a part of that, this is the kid that should have won it, and he becomes the fourth Golden Eagle to win it. And it's also good to know that maybe, maybe just maybe, the deck, the deck isn't stacked against Southern Miss athletes, and that's all you ever want. There's no perfect way to do it, but as as much as you possibly can, you want to make sure that everything is as fair and let everybody's performance on the field that season dictate whether they win an annual award. All right, Kelly, thanks uh, for the unexpected uh, visit on the show. I'm going to be getting in touch with you again tomorrow, but I wanted to uh, wanted to get your thoughts here as that news broke while we were in the uh, segment with Travis Creel. So have a good weekend, and uh, yeah, there, go, there goes the car right there. We'll, uh, we'll oh, be yeah. talking to you tomorrow. Yeah, you guys hold down the fort, and we'll be following all the Southern Miss fans that are up here are going to be following the Conference USA Tournament from up here as well. So we're not there physically, but we are certainly there in spirit. All right, Kelly Sander, everybody, from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, getting ready for the Indy 500. Tournament time, just 48 hours away. We're going to talk a little bit about that when we come back. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. D1 D-Bath, they sponsor the last segment of our show every day, and we're grateful to them for that. Uh, we had a good chat with uh, Catherine Maloney just last week, and uh, we uh, enjoyed that, and uh, we hope that the next time uh, you have some training in mind for your sport of choice, You'll give them a shot down at the D1 training, baseball, softball player in your family. Obviously, you want to go to D-Bat. All right, congratulations again to Tanner Hall, pitching ace for the Golden Eagles, who becomes the fourth Southern Miss baseball player to win the prestigious Boo Ferris Award as the best college baseball player in Mississippi. Only fitting, uh, seeing that he plays on the best college baseball team in Mississippi this year as well. So congratulations uh, to Tanner Hall, well-deserved. Regular season comes to an end. The final hoorah for Southern Miss in Conference USA Baseball. And as you know, the Eagles come out on top, 23-7 and in league play, 41-14. and They win the league by three full games over Louisiana Tech, who finished the league 20-10, and four games over Old Dominion and Florida Atlantic and UTSA. 
So the standings are Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, Old Dominion, Florida Atlantic, UTSA, Middle Tennessee, Charlotte, UAB, Rice, Marshall, FIU, and Western Kentucky. That, of course, sets up the tournament, which, uh, weather permitting, is going to begin Wednesday. But right now, the weather looks a bit ominous. Uh, Right now, uh, weather forecast is calling for 90% chance of rain on Wednesday and an 80% chance of rain. Now they've they've increased that to a 90% chance of rain on Thursday. So heavy rain expected Wednesday and Thursday. It does appear that the skies will clear uh, late Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, even Monday, if you had to go that long, uh, they look clear. But right now, a little a little shady about Wednesday and Thursday. We'll just have to ride that out and see. Here's how it sets up, weather permitting. It'll start Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock when uh, 28 and 24 Middle Tennessee will play 38 and 15 Old Dominion. The 12-30 game has 35 and 20 Charlotte against Louisiana Tech, 38-18 and 18 on the season. The Golden Eagles uh, scheduled to play at 4 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. Of course, USM 41-14 and 14 on the year. UAB is the opponent, 31-23. and 23. And the 7-30 game uh, scheduled for Wednesday night is Florida Atlantic 34-21, San Antonio 35-19. The uh, winner of USM-UAB will take on the winner of Florida Atlantic and uh, UTSA. That's scheduled for 7.30 Thursday night, but all of this is tentative now, of course, because of weather. And uh, the winner of Middle Tennessee Old Dominion will play the winner of Charlotte and Louisiana Tech. And again, uh, all depending on weather. All the teams are arriving today. They will be practicing starting tomorrow, and I believe those practices are open to the public. If you'd like to uh, take a peek, uh, let's see here. UAB scheduled to practice at 9.10 tomorrow morning. Charlotte at 10.20, Middle Tennessee at 11.30, UTSA at 12.40, Florida Atlantic at 1.50, Old Dominion at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, and the Golden Eagles scheduled to practice tomorrow afternoon at 4.10 p.m. We will be, we being the Eagle Hour, will be at the Conference USA Tournament for a special two-hour show on Wednesday, back out there on Thursday, and already we're lining up some great shows for you Wednesday, we've got Scott Berry and football coach Will Hall, play-by-play voice John Cox, all scheduled to join us on Wednesday. Athletic Director Jeremy McLean will be joining the Eagle Hour on Friday. Friday, we'll be actually broadcasting uh, the show right now as the plan from the Memorial Day celebration uh, down at Camp Shelby, which we're always so proud to be a part of. But we will have Athletic Director Jeremy McLean on the show. We'll also have... Um, you know, another uh, another assortment of great guests for you. We're, we're working on it right now, and uh, Patrick McGee will be joining us at some point uh, during the uh, two-day broadcast from the Pete, and we want you to come by and uh, say hello. We are always happy to do the Eagle Hour from Pete Taylor Park, and especially during the Conference USA Tournament. Last time ever that there'll be a Conference USA Baseball Tournament here, maybe the last time there'll be a conference tournament, period, as the Sun Belt, the new conference for Southern Miss, uh, has traditionally held their uh, baseball tournament on a neutral field in Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, there is no indication right now that uh, that is expected to change. So Coach Barry will join us uh, right out of the gate Wednesday from Pete Taylor Park. Coach uh, Will Hall is going to be there to talk to us a little football as well. We're looking forward to that. And uh, just got confirmation uh, from John Cox that he'll be joining us to kick off the 2 o'clock hour. We continue to work on great guests, and we'll have some of our friends from Southern Bank Corps Studio there as well, 
and uh, we'll certainly look forward to seeing you at Pete Taylor Park. So again, congratulations to Tanner Hall. He becomes the fourth USM baseball player to win the Boo Ferris Award. Uh, We said last week we felt like he was the best college player in the state, and apparently uh, those who voted, both fans and uh, professional baseball scouts and college coaches around the country agreed. And uh, Tanner Hall is the Boo Ferris winner for the 2022 season. We'll be posting a picture of him along with Coach Oz and Coach Barry on our social media page here very shortly for you to enjoy. We hope you've enjoyed the show as well. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss to the top. Mississippi Media Production.